Kit McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. Sorted. Today's guest is Dick Woodward, restaurateur. Welcome, Dick. Good morning. After a stint in the Marines and working in construction and banking, Dick Woodward finally found his happy place in serving good people great food. He worked at several places like Railhead, Tolbert's Chili Parlor, and Hofbrau Steaks before venturing out on his own and creating Woodway's Cafe, Woody's Grill, and ultimately Dick's Uptown Cafe, which is located comfortably close to home in Cedar Hill. Dick is married to Terrell, and together they have two daughters, in addition to the two daughters he adopted in his previous marriage. Dick loves children and old people, family and high school reunions, classic cars and classic music, namely blues, jazz, and big band. He's patriotic, but he avoids politics. He knows and loves good food and great people, which is pretty handy since Terrell is such a good cook. Dick, I see you as ambitious, adventurous, gracious, grateful, sentimental, optimistic, and outgoing. How do you see yourself? Well, I see myself as a as some of the things you just described. Uh, my life has been blessed with a lot of good things, good parents, good children, a wonderful wife. I see myself as someone who loves to help others, care about them, respect people. I try to look for kindness in people, which we seem to lack today, and understanding. So uh, I am very outgoing and I treasure all the friends I've had in my life. I've met so many people in my career in the restaurant business. Recently, I had turned 80 at a birthday party at the restaurant, and I had over 225 people come to my birthday party. Oh, my goodness. And, and that was just because I wanted to see them and thank them for the friendships I've made over the years through the restaurant business or <clears throat> just here in my hometown. In which you've been very active. You uh, you do lots of things here in, in Cedar Hill. What do you do? Well, we've been involved through the restaurant with the schools in particular. Uh, we enjoy working with the youth in our town, Chamber of Commerce. We support our city. We're involved in the Tri-City Animal Shelter and things like that. So we try to stay involved in the community, and I give a lot of credit to my wife for that because I ran the restaurant, and she was the one that was kind of our spokesman for us. That's interesting because when I met you, she was running the restaurant, or at least that's how it seemed to me. That's true. (laughs) Um, So tell me, how were those attributes formed in you? Being outgoing and being um, someone who enjoys being around people and your ambition and your work ethic, how were those things formed in you? I know there's some significant I'm very unselfish. You know, when I make friends, I'm just glad to have them as a friend and it's not so much what I give to them, but what they give to me. And we give back and forth. You know, I have male friends and female friends. And some I, sometimes I don't understand why men don't hug each other. And some people, some men just don't think that's the thing to do. Some of the best friends I have, I want to give them a hug every time I see them. And uh, I think that's one of the things that people see in me, the, my kindness and outgoingness and I'm you know I'm you know I'm very humble about the things that I've you know been involved in in the years. How do you think that was formed 
early, I'm guessing. You, you had know, a good I family. I think I got that from my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had wonderful parents. My mother was a just excellent woman. She was a stay-at-home mom. My dad didn't make a lot of money. Uh, he went to work with a brown sack during the day, and uh, my mother was there caring for us. She said she was put on earth to make be a, a wife and a mother, and I think that's the way she always treated us. My dad was a gentleman. He was a Virginia gentleman. He was born in Norfolk, Virginia, and uh, grew up in with a military father who was a naval officer. And he he taught me respect for elders and just you know being respectful to everybody. And I think I carried that through my life. I've made my mistakes and had my ups and downs, but. We all have. Some of the things that I learned from my parents uh, have formed the person that I am today. And I give them all the credit in the world for that. That's very sweet. As uh, we think about uh, your life, you well, you visited a lot of places. You lived in a lot of places. And you had a lot of different jobs. How did you end up in restaurants? That, that's a unique thing. My mother once told me, because her mother owned a hotel... And she said, "Dick, I hope you never get in the food business." Because she helped her mother. <laughs> she helped her mother at the hotel, and she knew how difficult yeah, that was. And that hotel was right across from our home in West Virginia. I was selling Kleenex for Kimberly Clark right out of college, and I hadn't gone back to college because I couldn't make up my mind. And the Sailmaker Restaurant was a place in Fort Worth that was owned by a boy that I went to school with at Texas Tech, and I used to go visit him. And I wasn't real happy at my job at Kimberly Clark. And he said, Dick, why don't you come to work in a restaurant with me? And I said, well, I've never thought about that. And he said, well, it'll be a lot of fun. He said, a lot of pretty girls. And I'll pay you more <laughs> pay you more money and all this. So that just sounded better than selling Kleenex. So I, did, I took the job. And after one year, I just hated the restaurant business. Not so much because of the business itself but the way that it was run by the friend mm-hmm. that I knew so well. Mm-hmm. And he just neglected his business. So I was about to get out of it, and another friend that I also knew at Tech said, I wanted to introduce you to some people in Dallas, which turned out to be the railhead. And I got an interview, and they hired me right away. They were expanding their operations into Houston, and I only had one year's experience behind me. But they took me under their wing, and they were steak and ale people who had good good ideas and good foundations in the restaurant. And it was just a wonderful experience for me, and it just led me on to other things in this industry. And I you know, eventually I owned my own restaurant. So I learned a lot from the people that I worked for over the, all those years. I guess so. So what in you did, made you think you could run your own restaurant? Well, you know, here again, I've had some very lucky things happen to me. People have come to me and said, Dick, I'd like you to run my restaurant. That's happened to me three or four times. And I said, well, I don't have any money to invest. And a couple of people have said, we'll give you an interest in it if you'll just run it for us. One of them was a dentist. He said, I want to buy a restaurant, but I can't run it. I knew two other men who were outside uh, vendors of ours and came to us and said, we see this restaurant, we want to buy it, will you run it for us and we'll give you an interest. And and that's the way it happened with me. And then I was always working for somebody else. And then one day, uh, another friend I grew up with in high school said, I want to open a restaurant, Dick. Now, 
I'll give you the money to start, or I won't give you the money. He said, I'll buy it, and you run it. And that's how we got started with Woodway's Cafe, which was our first interest. Terrell quit her job. I quit my job. We took on this new restaurant, and we didn't know the first thing about running our own business. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Even That's though we'd work for restaurants, we, it's a lot different when you own your own business. And we got started, and I remember putting our logo on the window, and we were downtown Dallas, and somebody walked by and said, oh, great, another hamburger place. I thought, oh, this is not a good sign. We're not going to make it. But fortunately, it took off like crazy and it just led to other things along the way. And we were very successful there and have been successful and lucky for 20-something years now in our own business. That is an amazing story. And I can see that um, being a collector of people has served you really well. It's so great that you've been able to not only make friends, but keep them over the years. And uh, that really has opened a lot of You know, to me, the most rewarding things about restaurant business is obviously you get into it for financial reasons and to make money. But to see people walk through your door and leave with a smile on their face and say, thank you, I enjoyed your place, and come back over and over, that to me means more than anything. If we just broke even every year, that would mean more to me than, than anything I can think of. Seeing, <laughs> that would be horrible. Well, especially to break even. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and, and, and we've never had a failure. We've, you know, we've had some rough starts, but sure. we've never had a failure. But seeing people come back and back and enjoy your establishment is so rewarding. You know, food is so five senses. It just oh engages engages everything about you. The sights and the smells and the sounds and the tastes. There's there's so much so much to uh, love and enjoy about food. And people have the most wonderful memories with food in them. You know, uh, sure. parties that they attended or showers or anniversaries. You know, gatherings of whatever. Um, and it's so much fun to oh, celebrate. Yeah. With yes. people oh, and yeah, food, it is, it is. And, and to be part of their happy moments. Yeah. Um, so I know that that's been fun for me to be able to serve food to people and to make them happy. Um, so in addition to being around food, which is fun, you know, for those of us whose mothers told us don't play with your food, <laughs> <laughs> playing with food actually is a lot of fun. Um, but more, it's the people that you meet and oh, sure. the people that you work with. Some of the best friends I've met in my life are now the closest friends to me. I met through the restaurant. Same. Just, from being a customer. Same. I agree. So that certainly has worked well for you. So how is it working with your wife? People can't do it, but you did. Oh, you have for a long, long time. You know, working with my wife has been, for the most part, very, very good. It, it's not easy. You know, I, I, she ran the office part of it. I ran the operation end of it. At times, I would cross over into her business, and she'd cross over into, into mine. We'd get mad at each other and butt heads, but... We'd go home together and be happy. We didn't take it home with us. And uh, we helped, you know, we fed off of each other. I knew what her role was, and she knew what mine was after a while. I enjoyed, I could say enjoyed, but not really. If I had customer complaints, I was the one who would go handle it. And Terrell would get a little bit upset and maybe defensive about it. And I was the one who's going to give them the keys to the place, you know. That's why it wasn't my children. She'd punish them and I'd take them to get ice cream. So. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> but we, we we were a good working combination. We worked out real well together. Clearly. Yeah, we really did. Yeah, we so. had very few disagreements or arguments. 
during the many years we've been together now, sure. which is 25, 30 years. So. Sure. Sure, and it runs several businesses together. Yeah, that's right. Well, we actually owned a place called the UPS store, which was mailboxes, et cetera. And she was doing that while I was running the restaurant. And then we sold that business, and she worked for the Education Foundation in Cedar Hill. Mm -hmm. And when we opened our restaurant here in Cedar Hill, I went through some tough times uh, emotionally back then. For some reason, I had panic attacks when we opened Mm -hmm. the restaurant. And I'd opened several over the years and never bothered me. And she had to give up her job. She didn't have to. She wanted to, mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. me. And she came along and helped me run the restaurant and get my, you know, life together for a, mm-hmm. about a year there. It was kind of tough. But without her support, I, we wouldn't have ever made it. Mm-hmm. She's, a, she's a backbone of me. <laughs> um, life has lots of risks. Um, some of them you take intentionally. Some oh, of yeah. them are forced on you just because of circumstances, and you just have to oh, sure. make a quick decision. What would be your advice for people who are um, risk-averse? Because it doesn't seem like you have a whole lot of fear, except for you know that one season in your life. It doesn't seem like you're afraid to take on new things, to try no, new things, think... to make investments and um, gamble on strangers that you yeah. would hire or work with? You know, it, it's scary. Uh, when you do that, you may invest a lot of money or put a lot at risk mm-hmm. for someone else who may invest. And just take, for example, this restaurant we have now, which turned out to be very successful. We started at a terrible time in the economy, and I thought we would go under. I really did. We were we couldn't make men's ends meet for a good while, over a year or so. And uh, nothing developed around us, and I could just see the worst things happening to us. And as I said, we'd never had a failure. But it was really, really scary, and we held on and and worked hard. And the two of us, uh, you know, I was cooking. My wife was a cashier, and then finally improved. The economy turned around. We started getting more people in Cedar Hill. Eventually, we made it and and pulled ourselves out of a rut. But it's you have to take chances, you know. I I just did never think of doing something like this in my life and putting so much at stake, but. If you're going to get ahead in life, you have to take some chances. You Mm -hmm. have to realize it isn't easy either. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to make it overnight, you're just crazy. (laughs) So true. It doesn't always happen that way. No, it doesn't. (laughs) I've seen a lot of failures, and this this business I'm in has more failures than it does success. 75%, I'd say, of most restaurants that open don't make it. That's how high that is. Yeah. People just don't understand. Yeah, it is a scary business, and the profit margin isn't really Just that Just because high, your so. wife's a good cook doesn't mean, you're <laughs> going, doesn't mean you're going to have a successful restaurant. <laughs> um, well, uh, we are going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in just a minute and hear more of Dick's wonderful story. We have some bonus content for you today after the regular episode is finished. So linger longer and hear Dick's surprising connections to important historical touchstones. Dick stressed the importance people make in the success of any business. So listeners, we celebrate you for sharing, liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing to help our show reach a wider circle of friends. If you haven't already done so, please do that today. 
Visit our website, nis.tomedia, to sign up for our weekly newsletter, or stop by our Facebook pages for quick links to our podcast, blog, and show notes. To give us feedback, and to join in conversations that connect you to the Now I See family and friends. We love hearing your questions, comments, and stories, too. When we return, Dick's going to give some pointers about creating and sustaining a successful business and having a rich and full life. You won't want to miss this. Now, back to our show. And we are back with our special guest today, Dick Woodward. Dick, we were talking about um, starting a business in an economic downturn and what a challenge that was for you. You know, right now we are in an economic downturn because of COVID. What advice would you give to small business owners or people who are thinking about starting a business? Well, I think, first of all, you you need to have some sort of a background to start a business. And I'll specifically talk about the restaurant business. If you've worked in a restaurant, it's going to be a lot of help to you. Uh, I've seen guys that have gone to college in hotel restaurant management school that don't know how to fry an egg or cook a a steak. (laughs) And they've never worked in a kitchen. They've learned things through the books, but they haven't done a lot of the practical hands-on stuff. Big difference. Starting a business, of course, it takes money to start one. And just because you've got a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to make it. It's not an overnight success. You've got to be prepared to lose money. If you go into a business, have nothing in the bank, and put up some money to start it, but have nothing to fall back on, you, you're you going to fail. You've got to be prepared to lose money. And think of it that way. Hopefully it turns out the other way, that you do make money. But if you're not prepared for it, you'll lose everything you've got. And uh, there's so many things that go into it besides just knowing how to fix food for people there's so many costs that are you don't even think about whether it's you know interest on a loan or insurance or your utilities or whatever that you may not even have control over and you just have to be prepared for that you can't go in there just half prepared with some new business whether it be a restaurant or whether it be a steel company or anything like that you've got to be prepared and have the financial resources behind you in case you're not going to start off successfully. So I hear you saying that preparation on every level, um, the skills, the connections, the financial resources, the grit that it takes to just stick it out when times get hard, and anticipating the fact that things might be difficult. All of that goes into preparation and helps a business be successful. Um, And I'm sure that along the way you've encountered some naysayers who told you it wouldn't work. How did you handle those? Yeah. I've, I don't know if I've ever had anybody talk to me and say, you're going to fail at this or give me any kind of discouragement. I've been fortunate to be associated with the right people, got good background training and so forth, gone through the hard knocks that it takes to get something going that I've felt very confident in everything I've ever done, whether it be managing some for someone else or owning our own business. And I had all the faith in the world that this new business we have today was going to make it. But as I reflected on earlier, it didn't start out that way. We almost (laughs) failed. But I had a lot of confidence that we would make it. But you've got to be prepared just in in case things turn the other Mm -hmm. way. The economy can change or, 
You could have a pandemic. Uh, today, you see people that can't even operate their business because they can't find enough help. Sure. And I've seen that. There are just restaurants that say, we're closed. We don't have enough people. That didn't happen to you? No. And I'll say this about us. Every, since we've been in business for ourselves, we really treat our people well. You can hire people at minimum wage. If you do, you're, you're just not going to have much success. We have always paid people more than maybe they even deserve. And we've treated them like our family. If their kids need help, if we're able to help them, we will. If they need some time off for some family illness or whatever, we're not. My wife and I do not just run a hardcore business for people. We, we want to help the people who work for us. We give them Christmas bonuses. We have, you know, parties. We give them turkey at Thanksgiving. A lot of these kids that work hard today have a trouble making ends meet. And there's sure. home, four kids at home and going to school, and they're working two jobs. They're the people that make you successful. Yes, it's sir. not us. Without those people, you'll never make. So we've always treated our people good, and we've gotten loyalty in return. They work hard for us. We've got, I don't know how many employees today that worked 10, 15 mm-hmm. years for us. I mm-hmm. had one girl work 27 years for wow. us, and she followed us around from restaurant to restaurant. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and we've just always been that way. We've had them come to our home, bring their kids with them, and have a party at our house. So we, we have a relationship with our employees that I think a lot of establishments just never have. They just don't look at their employees and anything that just a person comes in and punches the clock and goes home. We go way beyond that. And they know they can count on us. If the dishwasher doesn't show up, I'll go wish, wash dishes. And you set an example. When they see that you will do what they have to do, they have a lot of respect for you. And I'll make a, a short little story. I, when I left the Railhead Restaurant in Houston to open a business, I gave notice to my employer, and I said, I'll stay a month to help train someone new. He said, that's great. The next morning, they fired me. (gasps) And the reason they fired me, because they didn't want me to steal recipes or steal employees or anything like that. It was two or three months before we even got our business going. So I went to work as a dishwasher and a busboy after being manager of a 250-seat restaurant. Washington distance until our new business would open. And some of my friends would come in and see me doing that and said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I had to go to work. You know, I got to, I got to live. So you just do it and do what you have to. I think leading by example and having your employees see you're as invested oh, in yeah. them as you are in the business is such a good recipe for success. And happy employees make happy customers. And you've got some loyal customers too. Oh yeah, we do. Many I'm one of them. Well, <laughs> That's the only way businesses succeed is having return customers. You've mm-hmm. got to count on that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so um, what advice would you give to people who are um, going through transition? You yourself are going through transition. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. You're no longer owner of Dick's Cafe. No, and retirement to me has been... Enjoyable. I, I took it because of some physical challenges I have. I have a neuromuscular disease I got about 12 years ago, and it has taken its toll on me. And when I retired four years ago, it was partially because I'd been working for 50 years, and 
Terrell said, why don't you just take off and I'll run the restaurant? Well, that was part of the reason in my physical challenges too. But for um, anyone getting into this business and making that transition from working to now retirement, I see people today who have nothing in their life to do uh, when they're retired. I, I just don't understand that. And I have one good friend, he said, what am I going to do when I retire? I said, take up a hobby. I now have things to do that I'm learning that I never knew before. I, I have a wood shop. I didn't know how to hammer a nail three or four years ago, maybe. <laughs> but I'm learning now, and sure. I've cut myself doing it. I, <laughs> That's taking or, a risk I work again. jigsaw puzzles, and people <laughs> think, well, how can you sit around and work a jigsaw puzzle? And I said, well, I enjoy it, you know. There's always something you can find to do, and if you don't have family and children, there's something you can do. Uh, learn to read, you know. Uh, listen to music. Uh, some people have no interest in their life other than just once their j- job is over, they have nothing to come enjoy. And I don't, I just don't understand that. You Maybe, have... yeah, it's hard for me to understand. Me too. So you have lots of interests. Oh, what are you yeah. most looking forward to in retirement? Travel. Uh, uh, hopefully that Terrell and I can travel some. I, I've seen a fair amount of, the, of our country. I've been overseas once. I've been down the Caribbean sailing for a couple of weeks, you know, bear boating as they call it. Um, I'd love to go see a lot of our country because our country's got so much to offer. And, of course, I'm going to Europe is something I'd like to do. Going to Canada, I'd like to take a rail trip across Canada, Alaskan cruise. I like driving and sightseeing, so travel is the number one thing for me. I have my uh, uh, drawbacks to traveling with my physical challenges, so I have to think about that when I go somewhere. Will I be able to get around? Can I take an excursion if I go on a Alaskan cruise? So, but. I can enjoy. I've still got my vision. I can see the beautiful mountains and the oceans and things like that, and people. So uh, I'd say to just to answer your question, travel is the number one thing I want to do. That is and so enjoy fun. time with my wife and grandkids. I've got grandkids now. They're two and two years old, and one little boy that's three months old, and I'm just enjoying them so much. So Children much mean fun. more to me than anything in my life. Uh, I've been rewarded with four wonderful daughters and some great grandkids, and I hope I'll live another 10 or 20 years so I can see them grow up. I'll I'll be 120 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And think of the stories you'll have to tell. (laughs) I love that about you. I just love children. I think they're the greatest. And you know what? I like old people, and I'm an old person myself. I'm getting there. I don't think of myself as old. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I think that is. I think that you are young at heart. I think young. I still think young. So I'm guessing when you were owning businesses, it was hard to do much travel. Am I right? Oh, yeah. We could never get away. you'd have to close Uh, or leave it in somebody else's hands. We finally learned that you can get away. You just can't marry yourself to the business. And our employees even encouraged us to get away when we were in downtown Dallas for 20 years, I'd say, well, we can't leave. We, we've got to run the restaurant. Or if we did leave, we always called back to check on things. And our employees say, don't worry about it, Mr. Wood. We've got it under control. And they could. They could run the restaurant without us. 
And we finally learned that and just turned off our phones and things mm-hmm. like that and, and started to enjoy it. But mm-hmm. it's hard to get away when you're in the restaurant business. It is yeah, it really because is. it's so demanding. And yeah. if somebody doesn't show up for a shift, guess who does? You do. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it seems like any time you're gone, something goes wrong. But. Every time, right? But, but it's going to happen. That's just part of it. Things go yeah. wrong when you're yeah, there, too. And you so. just turn the, turn the ship around and start over again. <laughs> that is so much fun. So um, how are people going to stay in touch with you? You have made a bunch of friends along the way, and seeing you at the restaurant was easy. Well, you know, I enjoy reaching out to my friends. Uh my friends I've grown up with in school, people I've met in other cities and met through the restaurant business. Facebook is something that I know is under a lot of scrutiny today. But the the idea of Facebook, I think, was a wonderful thing. And it's allowed me to keep in touch with a lot of people. That I'm At 81 years old, you know, what are you doing on Facebook? It, to me, it's for young people. <laughs> we but now you, have time. But you can find, you can find people, your old sure. friends. And I search them out. I find them. I'll get in the car and go see them. Or maybe I haven't seen them for 20 years, and and we somehow connect again through Facebook. And other venues, you know, there are so many things at our fingertips today with the the Internet that that allows you to keep in touch with people. And that's, I do it by email. I do it by text. I get it on the phone and call people. I love keeping in touch with friends. And uh, some of them... patted me on the back for that then I, I just that's just something I want to do I, my friends mean so much to me mm-hmm. and anyhow I can see that and I'm so glad that you're a collector of people and that I am one of the people <laughs> that got collected by you that's that's a joy for me so as we close out our show just today is is there anything you would like people to see more clearly as a result of our conversation oh and me words? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I think people who see me and know me know me for what I am. Uh, you know, I'm I'm upfront with people. Uh, I'm honest. I'm caring. Uh, I, I love to help people. I do avoid, as I mentioned to you, avoid politics. It's just an it's ugly subject. Right now. Yeah. And as, as some of my best friends may be 180 degrees different in their thoughts from mine in politics. But we can have a decent conversation. Yes, I know sir. other people that are that way that just beat you up over mm-hmm. it. And I don't care whether you're a Republican or mm-hmm. Democrat or conservative or mm-hmm. liberal or whatever. It's it's just a subject I just don't even like to talk about today because people get so angry about mm-hmm. it. We had TV in our restaurant, and we always had the news on. And after a while, before this last election, we turned the news off because people would get so upset. We even have a, people call us on the telephone and say, if you don't change your TV station to another news station, we're not going to come back to your restaurant. I said, well, we're just going to put on cartoons or, <laughs> or the Andy Griffith show or cooking shows. No more pause. And to this day, we don't have any news programs on our TV. I didn't remember that you had a TV in the restaurant. I yeah. guess I was so busy well, talking it's a, it's to real people. There, yeah. <laughs> But I, I would rather sit around and talk about hunting and fishing and playing golf and stuff and just leave mm-hmm. politics out mm-hmm. of the conversation. There are so there are many things. There are too many good things to talk about. Yes, sir. That's what I was and, just going to say. Just, there's so much anger going on in the country today with with people. Well, that's been going on for years. But yeah. Politics today isn't any different than it was 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Always something. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Mm-hmm. Let's save our energy for happier things. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's just so many good things to think about, not the negative. My listeners, I hope that this has given you some good things to think about. I've enjoyed our conversation with Dick oh, Woodward I've so enjoyed much. It too, Kit. Thank you very much. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Okay. Wasn't that a fun conversation? I'm so glad you got to listen in. During our break, I kept the mics open. Now, as promised, bonus content from our guest, Dick Woodward. Uh, the other night, we were at the Texas Hotel for a wedding reception. In 1963, when President Kennedy came to town, mm-hmm. I worked downtown. I went over to see Kennedy at the Texas Hotel in the parking lot because I, I was like a lot of young people who idolized President Kennedy, even though I was not old enough to vote for him. So I saw him speak. He left for Dallas. I came back to work. Shortly after that, my boss came out of the office and said, President Kennedy's been shot. His wife had called him and told him. And, of course, everybody was in shock like the whole world was. I came out, and the newspapers already hit the street. And that Lee Harvey Oswald's picture was on the front page. Well, I went to school with Lee Harvey. Oh, he my. And, he and I, from grade school through high school. And I even played football with him at one time. I didn't know him that well. But you can imagine the shock I saw. I thought, here, I went to school with this. Guy. Well, so did everybody else in my high school. I wasn't at anything special, but... There were times when people would show up at my parents' home and, you know, conspiracy people looking for stories and all sorts of stuff like that. But I'll never forget that, you know. Well, of course not. Coming out and saying, oh, my God, I went to school with this guy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Part of history. uh, That's the beauty of living 80 years. Yeah, You've got a lot of touchstone moments Uh, that really define The interesting thing to me was my, my grandfather, who was a naval officer, I never really knew him because I think I mentioned in my email, he lived in New York City and he was retired. And But uh, my Uncle John, <clears throat> who was his uncle, uh, helped develop Miami Beach and was the mayor of Miami uh, in 1945. He was on the cover of Time magazine. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> fun. Yeah, that was just great, stuff like that. Um, have you? Uh, a lot of restaurants get featured in local mags, have you? Oh, no. Really? Never. I'm surprised because I would think as many businesses as you run, you know, sooner or later funny. you're going to show uh, up on a cover. When we were downtown, we once got in the Dallas Morning News and reviewed downtown yeah. at a couple of our restaurants. We've never been reviewed here, and I always thought that was kind of strange. But I am, too, in a small well, community Well, you like know, this, south, southern section of Dallas doesn't get a, lot, a whole lot of attention when it comes to restaurants and stuff like that. Huh. Most everything you see is, you know, north of downtown or downtown. Yeah. Well, I guess that's part of the risk of running a small business in Cedar yeah, Hill, yeah. too. You're competing with yeah. Dallas and bigger suburbs. Oh, yeah, all so. the time. Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us, too, by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty NIS on Facebook or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. Special thanks to the production team at Headset Radio and to my friend Becky Salazar for the bumper music. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. See you again soon.